Hi, this is Jessica McCoy with Calvary Christian Center. Thank you so much for listening. We pray that this message encourages and inspires you to be everything God has created you to be. We hope you enjoyed this message. Our custom to stand for the reading of God's Word. If you'll do that across the room, I'd appreciate it. I'm ready to preach. If you're ready for the Word, shout, bring it on. We celebrate Mama today. And we're just so glad for all the mothers and mothers in the house. I'm reminded of a story that I heard one time about an old church mother that used to sit right on the front row. There was this young man who decided that uh, he wanted to preach and he told the pastor, he said, I feel like I want to preach. And the pastor said, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a, a Sunday night service. Back then they used to have church on Sunday nights. And the guy got up to preach, he was so nervous. He had written all of his notes on index cards. He tripped on the way up there, dropped them everywhere couldn't find his, his first page. I mean, he was struggling. He finally found his first index card and he, and he read his scripture. He said, behold, I come quickly. He thought everybody would shout amen. Nobody said amen. He pushed out a little further and he said, behold, I come quickly. Nobody said a word. He thought, man, I thought they'd say amen. He leaned out a little bit further. And he said, behold, I come quickly. Nobody said a word. He leaned out a little further and said it again. Behold, I come quickly. Still nobody said anything. He leaned out a little bit further, fell right off the stage, fell right in that church mother's lap and said, I am so sorry I fell in your lap. She said, oh, honey, don't worry about it. You told me you was coming four times. I should have been ready. Come on. <laughs> How many of y'all ready for the word today? Anybody ready? Okay. I feel like preaching to mama. Matthew 15, 22. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him. How many of you know Jesus is worth crying out to? She was saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, listen to these words, send her away. For she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered her and said, O woman, Great is your faith. Let it be as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Make a little noise if you believe that's true. This woman was tenacious. This was a mama. I'm going to preach for just a few minutes along these lines. Don't mess with mama. Tell your neighbor, don't mess with mama. Yeah, yeah, if mama has made up her mind, don't mess with mama. If mama, how many of y'all understand that statement? You don't mess with mama if mama's made up her mind. I'm going to preach today. Raise up your hands. Father, 
we slip up our hands and say, have your way. Thank you for the anointing. It's already been in this service. Thank you for what you're going to say in Jesus' name. Somebody give the Lord the ovation of the morning. Come on. Before you sit down, tell two or three people, don't mess with mama. Don't mess with mama. Listen, you're on dangerous ground if you start messing with mama. On this Mother's Day, I want to celebrate this intensely tenacious mother. What's going on, let me give you a little background and paint a backdrop for this incredible sermon. Jesus has just come from the coast of Tyre and Sidon. He has just left Jerusalem where the Pharisees have accused his disciples of the, uh, the awful act of not washing their hands before they ate. Now, isn't that intense? That's a terrible thing. You're not washing your hands before you eat. That's what religion does. See, it really didn't matter. It was unimportant. It was Jewish tradition, not even law. But the reality of it all is this. Religion majors in the minors and minors in the majors. Jesus looked at them and said, you're worried about the tradition of hand washing and, and, and you're, you have the very son of God in essence before you and you don't even have the sense enough to identify it. He said, you draw near to me with your mouth and you honor the Lord with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. He said, listen, I'm not here to scratch your religious itch. And it's at this moment that Jesus leaves Tyre and Sidon, he leaves Jerusalem, and he comes and encounters this woman. And this woman is desperate, and I wanna see this story through the eyes of this mother. And I wanna share with you some reasons why. As a mom, you gotta make up your mind, and when mama makes up her mind, don't mess with mama. Number one, this woman was tremendously in trouble. The Bible said, and behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him saying, watch, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon possessed. He, she was saying in essence, my daughter doesn't even have a regular demon. My, my daughter's demon is extra. You ever feel like your children are extra? Listen, the first thing I want you to know about this woman is she was in trouble. You say, well, pastor, I thought her child had the issue. Understand me. Her child was in trouble, therefore she was in trouble. Some of you mothers know what I'm talking about. If your child is in trouble, you are in trouble. If your child is struggling, you are struggling. If your child has issues, you are have issues. And it was this woman's trouble that led her to the Lord. Here's what I've come to find out. Nothing will lead you to the Lord like trouble. Trouble will get you calling on the name of Jesus. Trouble will make you pray. Trouble will cause you to call on him. And we may not like it, and many times we want to live without it, but the truth is, most of us wouldn't have gotten right with God had we not encountered a little bit of trouble. Okay, I got about three honest people. It was the trouble that made us call out on him.
It was the trouble. It was the life that we were leading that was taking us a direction we didn't want to go that made us call out on it. It was and often is the process that God will use to get us to him. And it doesn't matter what the process is just so you get eventually to the promise. You may have to go through some problems while you're in the process, but hear me, baby, never let the devil see you sweat. On the other side of your trouble is your breakthrough. On the other side of your trouble, the promise of God will be revealed. I may not, listen, I look back across my life and I may not be where I wanna be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. Okay, do I have any real folk here today? Maybe you've had to, to navigate some uncertain seasons. Maybe you've been through some tough times and maybe you're not exactly where you want to be, but you are certainly not where you used to be. I dare somebody to praise God. If you're not where you used to be and you can thank him for where you are, and why don't you really get radical and praise him for what's to come, come on. She came to Jesus because she was in trouble. And the devil wants to use trouble against us to drive a wedge between us and the Lord. But the devil is not just some dumb, he's plumb dumb. He doesn't realize that for folks like you and me, when we encounter trouble, we call on the name of Jesus. When we encounter trouble, we know in whom we have believed and we are persuaded, convinced that he is able. The Bible said she cried. Now, cried is a very interesting word in the Greek. It is the word crazo. It is where we get our English word crazy. This was one crazy mama. This crazy mama cried out to the Lord. The word crazo means to scream, to holler, to become desperate. Jesus was escaping. He was about to leave her and she cried out like a crazy woman. See, nothing will make you crazy like your children. Preach Pastor Rayleigh. Do I have any real folk in the house? I mean, you love them, but they can make you crazy. Y'all don't be religious on me. Wave at me if I'm telling the truth. You love your children, but nobody can make you crazy like your children can make you crazy because they take after your husband. Come on, ladies. <laughs> Lord help us. I said that because it's Mother's Day. Come on. When my, when my kids are acting crazy, I say, why are you acting like your mama's side of the family? Come on, somebody. But this woman was desperate. And here's what I found out about desperate people. Desperate people don't care. Desperate people don't care what you think of their worship. Desperate people don't care about what you think of their praise. Desperate people don't care about what you think about their shout. Some of you here today can get a little bit offended if somebody sits around you and they're a little bit too expressive in their praise. The truth is, you don't understand what that person may be facing. And if you were up against what they were up against, you might be losing your mind trying to get after God yourself. See, this woman was desperate and desperate people don't care. She laid aside her dignity. This was her baby and she was desperate. This was her child. And the first words that rolled off her lips were these, four words, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Watch this now. Mercy is what you ask for when you know you're guilty. 
Mercy is what you ask for when you know you don't deserve help, but you need it anyway. Have you ever come to a season in your life where you knew that maybe you were the architect of your own trouble? Maybe you even caused the dilemma that you're in and you find yourself in a moment where you say, Lord, even though I don't deserve it, have mercy on me and help me out of the mess even if I made it. This woman is altogether unworthy. I want you to see what's going on here. She's religiously unfit, but that didn't stop her from asking. See, a mama will ask. A mama will ask. A mama, if a mama wants to see her babies get broke through or get something or have an opportunity, a mama will ask. She knew as a Canaanite woman, she had no right to approach the Lord. She was rejected on every level by the ordinary Jew. She walked up to the Lord and she used the only word that she thought would work. She said mercy have mercy on me I don't deserve to be here I don't deserve this breakthrough I know I'm on the outside looking in but look beyond my fault and see my need see my struggle have mercy on me here's what I know about mercy mercy screams the loudest from the lips of a guilty man mercy is what you ask for when you know you don't deserve it and here's what she did she cried she screamed she acted like a crazy woman and then she identified Jesus with three words she said she said Lord son of David now that may not sound too significant but here she is a heathen woman here she is a Canaanite but she identified him by his messianic name she called him by his messianic name see anointed women of God can see what others miss have you ever felt like your mom had some kind of something where she could just see straight through like uh, the, my, my wife can just see she said I got to talk to my children she will talk to them she will just say, I got to go talk to them because there's an issue there and she will talk 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 you know I'm telling the truth. A couple weeks ago, she was having a little issue. She was concerned about Peyton, and I was going off. She said, that's okay, you need to go off because I gotta talk to Peyton. She talked to that boy for 48 hours, but when I got home, he was broke through. Hallelujah, I'm gonna tell you that. She called Jesus by his messianic name. When all the other religious elite, those well-read, those well-versed, missed it. They were supposed to be prepared to identify the Messiah. They could quote the entirety of the, of the first five books of the Bible, but they were clueless and blinded by their own hypocrisy. This woman's trouble gave her clarity. This Canaanite woman's trouble caused her to cut through the mess and the religious mumbo-jumbo Sometimes we come to church and we're not looking for just a religious experience. We're not looking just to get together with other sanctimonious folk. But there is something inside of us that says, I'm coming to church today because I got trouble and I'm looking for an answer and I'm looking for a breakthrough. Her trouble caused her to identify the Lord. Here's what I know about trouble. Watch this now. Trouble brings you clarity. 
Yes, it does. Trouble will begin to show you what you really need to see. Oftentimes, trouble will push you to the reality and to the truth. And this mama, this mama just told it like it was. She said, my daughter is not just demon-possessed. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. She said, my daughter is jacked up. My daughter, see, isn't that the way it is? It seems like we can't have normal trouble. You ever feel that way? Do you feel like sometimes I can't just have a normal demon-possessed child? I gotta have a demon-possessed child on steroids. I can't have just one little simple issue like most people. It seems like my issues are next level issues. She said, Lord, I don't just have a demon-possessed daughter. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Now watch this. I love the I love the first part of this text. She said, My daughter. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Watch this. She is full of the devil, but she's my daughter. She's crazy, but she's mine. Where are y'all at? She's struggling, but she's mine. She's got issues, but she's mine. Don't mess with mama. She's lost her way, but she's mine. See, in other words, what she was saying is she might be full of the devil, but she's still mine, and I'm going to fight for mine. She, she, she might be struggling, but she's mine. Folks, let me tell you something. You, you don't get done with your children. I've heard people say, I'm disowning my child. No, you don't disown your children. I don't care how far off they get, how crazy they get, they're still yours. Y'all don't make me come down there. You don't get done with your children. Now, you can say, I'm not going to support you where, where, where I'll enable you to, have to, to feed that alcoholic problem or that addiction problem. I'm not going to finance that problem, but you still mine. And when you finally get to the bottom, I'm going to be right there to pick you up. You can't get done with your children any more than God can get done with you. I listen. God never got done with you when you were at your worst. And some of y'all say, well, you don't know my child. Listen, you don't disown your child. You don't say I'm done with you. You say, let me tell you something. When you finally get to the point where you've done all you can do and you're at the bottom, mama's going to be right there and we're going to walk out of this together. Give somebody a shout if you'll fight for what's yours. Now, this woman brought her child to Christ, and you need to continually bring your children to Jesus. Now, number two, this, that's what this woman did. She came specifically for Jesus. She came for the Lord. The Bible says she asked for mercy, and he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, send her away. Now, here's where it gets funny. A knee slapper. Ha-ha. Ha-ha. I'm about to show you <laughs> why it was so funny. Because the disciples said, she cries out after us. Ain't that a trip? I'm sure the Lord looked at those boys and said, ha, she cries out after who? These are the same boys that couldn't cast a demon out of a man at the bottom of a mountain. And that is the epitome of ludicrousy, if you ask me. These boys said, send her away, she's bothering us. Andrew said, oh, she's crying out, for, uh, crying out after us. Let me tell you something, honey. Church, make no mistake about it, she wasn't after them. 
She didn't come to see them. These were the same boys who had struggled time and time again. She was like the Greeks in John 12 who said, sir, to Philip and Andrew, they said, sir, we would see Jesus. She cried after Christ and Christ loves to be cried after. These disciples said she cries after us. No, honey, let me tell you something. She wasn't crying after them, she was after Jesus. And may I say something? May I bring clarity in this moment? If you came just to see Jim Rayleigh, you came for the wrong reason. If you're crying after Jim Rayleigh, I have never healed anybody. I have never delivered anybody. I have never saved anybody. But I would stand before you today and tell you the one that I follow after and the one that I serve and the one that I magnify does what I'm able, unable to do when I lift him up. And let me just, I know a lot of preachers watch this, this on YouTube. I want to tell you something. Don't ever think it's all about you. Don't you ever strut around and think people are after you. Who do you think you are? Folks don't get dressed up and come to see you. They, 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 listen, they didn't put their hair in for you. You don't make me preach. They didn't come for you. There's one attraction for this house. And let me tell you, it ain't the building. It, it's not the padded chairs. It's not just the great singing. It's not just the music. Let me tell you, it's not the messenger. It's the message. I'm afraid that in a lot of realms, we are falling in love with the messenger and we are falling out of love with the message. It's still Jesus, baby. It's still him. Somebody give the Lord a great big praise. Third thing I wanna show you now, third thing you need to understand, this woman was completely unworthy. Remember, Jesus had said in John 12, 32, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw peoples unto myself. And this, this woman knows her issue, and she knows she's completely unworthy. And the Bible said, he answered her and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And that begins to bring clarity on why the woman said, have mercy on me. She knew that she was unworthy for she was a Canaanite and Jesus was not in the covenant with the Canaanites, not yet. That would be accomplished through the cross. After Calvary, after the cross, it became Jew and Gentile. But in that moment, Jesus was sent to the Jews. And the real crux of the matter was this, this woman crossed the line. This woman, uh, uh, she, she committed a religious taboo. This was not a churchy woman. She, she laid everything on the line. It didn't matter to her that she was one race and Jesus was another race. It didn't matter to her that she was religiously unfit. It didn't matter to her that she was, he was the son of David and she was an unworthy Canaanite woman. She knew this, he is the answer for my daughter. I wanna tell you something. I want you to understand something today. It didn't matter to her. It didn't matter to her one minute she wanted to see her daughter delivered. And I wanna tell you, if you get in a wreck, you don't care what color the paramedic is. Can I talk to you today? If you get in a wreck, you don't care if he's red, yellow, black, white. You don't care if he's pink, polka dotted. 
purple and green. Y'all don't care what color he is. If you have a son or a daughter or a husband or a wife who has had a heart attack and that paramedic comes in, you don't care what the paramedic looks like. You care about what the paramedic can do. Let me tell you something. Some of y'all come to church and you don't come because of the box. You don't care that it's a white box or a black box or a brown box. You don't care what color I am. You ain't here because I'm white. You ain't here because I'm black. You ain't here because I'm Hispanic. You ain't here, but you, you are here because you know that when you walk through the door, there'll be something in the box that'll give you life. It ain't about the container. It's about what's in it. Somebody give the Lord a shout in here right now. Most Jews would have rejected this woman. The average Jew would have said no way, but Jesus was not the average Jew. These Canaanites were diametrically opposed to the holy way of Judaism, so she laid it on the line. And she said, I gotta get to him. I gotta get to him, I gotta get his help. And listen, this woman had issues, but Jesus is so good. I wanna tell you, you can come to Jesus with issues and it's not your badness that gets you to Jesus, it's his goodness that gets you to him. Come on, the Bible said the goodness of God leads you to repentance. You gotta realize his, his goodness. His goodness is good. His goodness is good, hallelujah. It's not your badness that gets you to him, it's his goodness that allows you to come. Now the third, the fourth thing I wanna show you is this. She was tenaciously a worshiper. Then she came and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. Nothing will help you like worship. This woman began to worship the Lord. Now, now some folks would have quit when he ignored them right then and there, but not this woman. She was a worshiper. Some of us would have showed ourselves and stomped off, but where would this woman go? Where was she going to go? What in the world could she do? Who else could she turn to? Who else had her answer? See, I came to Jesus and there ain't nowhere else to go. Nobody can save me but Jesus. Nobody can heal me but Jesus. It's still the name that is above every name. There's still no name like Jesus. Not Buddha, not Muhammad, not Allah, not Krishna. There is still one name under heaven whereby men must be saved. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Man, let me tell you, there's one name that makes the devil tremble. There's one name that binds the enemy. There's one name that looses glory. There's one name that is all sufficient. Somebody give God praise if you believe it's still the name of Jesus. Let me tell you something. Yesterday I prayed for BCU graduation. President Grimes had me there. I was so honored to be with him and Miss Daisy. And we let me, they asked me to pray. And they knew when I prayed, I wasn't gonna pray some cute little ecumenical prayer. They knew that I wasn't gonna stand up there and be ashamed of Jesus. But they knew that when I stood up there and I gave that invocation, I was gonna invoke the name that is high above every name, that I was gonna provoke that place to be to praise the Lord. Is there anybody that still believes that there is a name and that name is Jesus? That woman was all about Jesus. You know, it's kind of like, she said, where am I gonna go? Only Jesus can handle this. 
Remember that song, where could I go? Oh, where could I go? Seeking a refuge for my soul. All y'all ain't 12, somebody knows that song. Needing a friend to save me in the end. Oh, that's when you're really singing. When you get your O in there. Oh, that's when you take it to the next level. Oh, where could I go but to the Lord? Oh, I, I, I sang a whole lot better than you just acted just then. So I'm gonna sing it one more time. I, I feel like I got the spirit of my daddy on me right now. My dad used to always sing when he was pre preaching. He'd just start, where could I go? Oh, where could I go when I'm seeking a refuge for my soul? Oh, needing a friend to save me in the end. Here we go. Where could I go but to the Lord? Now you got everybody say, Oh, where could I go? Oh, where could I go? Seeking a refuge for my soul. Hey, I'm needing a friend to save me in the end. Where could I go but to the Lord? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, yeah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Bless his name. Come on, somebody. Clap your hands and give him praise. Hey, you ought to praise him. Has it been good to you? You ought to praise him. Yeah, did he make a way? Clap your hands. Yeah. See, the truth is, when you get desperate, you worship. Because you know there ain't nowhere else to go. How many of you know there's some things that only Jesus can fix? And the Bible says that she came and worshiped him. If God has a weakness, his weakness is worship. If you want to stop God in his tracks, begin to worship him. If you want to get God to his attention, begin to worship him. God doesn't show up in your complaints. He doesn't inhabit even your tears. But if you will begin to praise and worship him, he will stop in his tracks and say, let me help you. Some of y'all don't even know it right now, but you are one worship away from the greatest breakthrough you've ever had in your life. Worship is the English word, from the English word worship, it means to declare worth. I wonder what is God worth to you? Worship will stop God. It will get God's attention and that's why I worship the Lord. I don't worship to put on a show for you. I don't come in this house and sing for you. Baby, I'm trying to get the attention of the one that can change everything in my life. She said, Lord, help me. Bring me aid. I can't help myself. She said, if you don't help me, Lord, I'm done. And this was a woman of worship. Now, now watch this. This is where it gets so incredible. 
because the word, word worship there, one of the implications is to prostrate oneself. But it also means like a dog licking the hands of his master. Now I know our pride says that can't be me. No, sir, that can't be me, but you get desperate enough. You get hungry enough. Let me tell you something. God loves us. He loves us as we are, and he can change our life into what he wants us to be. But let me tell you, God is so much greater than we are. He is so much more powerful than we are. And let me tell you, to, to, compared to him, we are like a dog. Compared to the greatness of God, there is nothing about us that measures up to God. So it's like a dog licking the hands of the master. And here's where it gets to a whole nother level, because she was totally truthful. He answered and said to her, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And remember now, worship is like a dog licking the master's hand. He, he said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, yes, Lord. But even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Oh, listen to that. She, he said, it's not good to take this children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Some of us would have looked at the Lord and said, who are you calling a dog? What you mean calling me a dog? It would have been on right then, girl. You would have thrown your hand up. You would have threw out your head. You would have given three snaps. Come on, somebody. You would have said, you don't even talk to me. You're going to call me a dog. I don't have any use for you. Some of you men would have said, I'm going to bust you up. You're going to call me a dog. We're going to have problems. But this mama was on a mission. She was in the spirit. She was worshiping. And if you're going to get a miracle, you're going to have to get in the spirit and out of the flesh. The Bible said in Zechariah 2.13, be silent all flesh before the Lord for he is aroused from his holy habitation. Listen, you can have an amazing miracle if you can shut your flesh up. You need, your, you need your flesh to be silent. Out, out in the flesh is where you get, you, you get trouble when you're in your flesh. You need to get in the flow. You need to get in the spirit. We need to shut down the flesh and then God will touch us. When the flesh is silent, he is raised in his holy habitation. Where is his holy habitation? It's in us. Hallelujah. When we get that flesh under control, he rises in us. Listen to what this woman said. Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. She was saying, I may be a dog, but I'm your dog. I may be a dog, but I'm your dog. See, let me, let me give you a little lesson. We're going, to, we're, we're going to talk for just a moment. I'm going to go very deep. I'm going to be hermeneutically, homiletically, exegetically, theologically. We're going to go deep. You ready? Come on. We, we, we're going to take this thing real deep. I'm, I'm going to teach you about a subject. Lord, help me simplify this. You ready? It's called chromology. 
This is Chromology 101. I stand before you today, and I'm actually a chromologist. <clears throat> they didn't even know when I, I was at the graduation yesterday that I have my doctorate in chromology. It's honorary, but it's still mine. <laughs> Let me tell you about chromology. He said, even the dogs, hallelujah, get the crumbs to fall from the master's table. This woman, she was a chromologist too, because here's the deal. She knew whatever was in the loaf was in the crumb. Oh, Jesus. She was absolutely faith-filled because she knew whatever's in the loaf is in the crumb. If there's flour in the loaf, then there's flour in the crumb. If there's salt in the loaf, then there's salt in the crumb. There's butter in the loaf. Come on, y'all. Do, do y'all know about biscuits? Did you ever have a granny that made biscuits with a kneading bowl? She get her hands in them biscuits. Come on, somebody. She began to knead them biscuits. Them fat back, them lard biscuits. Come on, y'all. Them biscuits, them biscuits. Like, oh, my goodness gracious. My granny would get in there in the morning. She'd start kneading them biscuits, and I would get up and go watch her, and I knew, hallelujah. I'd eat the crumbs because whatever was in the biscuit, the loaf, was in the crumb. The woman said, maybe I don't deserve a loaf, but if you could spare a crumb. <laughs> because if there's healing in the loaf, then there's healing in the crumb. If there's breakthrough in the loaf, then there's breakthrough in the crumb. If there's deliverance in the loaf, then there's deliverance in the crumb. How many of you say, Lord, I'll take whatever you give me because I know whatever you give me is enough to break me through. She was absolutely faith-filled, hear me. Then Jesus answered her and said, oh woman, great is your faith. Let it be as you desire. And her daughter was healed from this very hour. I need to close, but I want to tell somebody here today, God is able to touch you this very hour. This woman came to Jesus, this mama. Tell your neighbor, don't mess with mama. She was tremendously in trouble. She came specifically for Jesus. She was completely unworthy. She was tenaciously a worshiper. She was totally truthful. She was absolutely faith-filled. She said, if I don't get the loaf, I'll take a crumb. Some of you don't understand the whole process of the journey that brought me to Jesus. I didn't grow up in the best situation. So it was like the Lord would put people in my life on assignment 
amazingly, Pastor Don and I talked about it, who didn't live in my house, but who would always kind of steer me the right direction. And there was a woman in our church when I was 20 years old, my dad pastored in the hood, and uh, that explains me. Come on, y'all. I'm like a honky hoodlum. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but there, there was a lady in our church named Mother Russell. She was an African-American lady. She was sweet little round mother of our church. She was the mother of our church. And she saw good in me when I didn't see good in myself. I had decided I didn't want anything to do with the ministry. I had decided that I was going to be successful, I was going to make money. Before I was 20 years old, I owned a jewelry store, I managed a men's clothing store, I sold insurance. Everything that I was doing, I was doing everything I could to accumulate as much wealth as I could. And I had decided that I was going to be incredibly successful. But I was far from the Lord, far from His call, and I was living in rebellion. Mother Russell kept me before the Lord. There was two things she could do. She could cook and she could pray and those were my weaknesses come on she would get me around because she would make me greens come on somebody and um, and cornbread and you don't know about the pot liquor but when you take your cornbread and you take the pot liquor off the greens and you pour it on your cornbread something incredible happens it is something that it's hard to describe but the Lord has his wonderful way that's all I'm gonna tell you and uh, they had Tuesday morning prayer she was, she was my Canaanite woman. I was so unworthy, but she believed in me. And I would come there on Tuesday mornings every once in a while to see my dad. And uh, it's like she had this, these old women that prayed there. It was like she had this, uh, this, this radar. And, and she knew when I was there and I would try to sneak on, I would try to go in another door and she would find me and say, I thought you were here. You need to come here and let me let us pray for you. And so I was always obedient because she had the greens. And when you got the greens, you got the power. Come on, somebody. And I would go in there and she would pray for me. Every time I was up there, she found me and she would say, you are going to be a mighty man of God. There's a gift on your life to preach. You're going to be mighty. God's going to use you. And I would just stand there in obedience and I'd walk out. And I remember one Tuesday morning, I went up there and there was a, there was a quote prophetess. And I used that very loosely, that term that had invaded that meeting and from another uh, church. And, and she was going to prophesy and that mother Russell got me in there and the woman came up to me while I was standing there Mother Russell and them were about to pray for me and the woman said ooh I see money all around you I said pray woman I said prophesy right now she began to say you are going to be a successful businessman you will own businesses around the world Mother Russell said he's going to preach the gospel you are going to be a mogul. You will own businesses on every continent. Mr. Brother Russell said, he going to preach the gospel. She, she said, you're going to have so much money from these businesses, you won't even know what to do with it. Mother Russell said, 
he is gonna preach the gospel. She said, you're gonna have money everywhere. You're gonna have accounts. You're gonna have cars. You're gonna have houses. Mother Russell said, he is gonna preach the gospel. I said, Mother Russell, would you please be quiet and let the woman prophesy? Let me tell you, it took Mother Russell about two seconds to get between that woman and she said, boy, never forget, the hand of the Lord is on you and you will preach the gospel and people will be delivered and they will be saved and they will be healed through your ministry. See, sometimes, mama, you've got to stand in the gap and say, my child will be what they're called to be even if it don't look like it right now. I look back, don't mess with mama. Mother Russell was a game changer for me. Are there any mamas in the room that's got a made up mind? Everybody stand on your feet and give God a shout right now. I'll never forget, Mother Russell prayed for me and prayed for me and prayed for me. And it was a Friday night in a small church. I don't remember who was preaching. I don't remember what they said. But when I tell you that the Holy Spirit gripped my heart so strong, and I came forward and I said, God, I'm not even going to try to make a deal with you. Whatever you want for my life. I had opened myself up to stuff, guys. There were things going on in my world. But on a dime, from that very hour, the Lord changed my life. And listen, I owe a lot of people, but I owe no one more than I owe Mother Russell. I want to tell you today, maybe your child is struggling. Maybe your child has issues. Wave at me right now if you've got a child that's got some issues. Eh. You say, Pastor, they got issues, but they're still mine. Come on, mother, wave at me right now. <laughs> that grandchild, they got issues, but they're still mine. Wave at me if that's you right now. If you got a child that has issues, I want you to hold your hand up. Come up here, Pastor Don. I want everybody that sees somebody with a hand up, reach over and touch them on the shoulder right now. Come on. If it's two mothers standing together, you mothers join that together and, and pray together. Come on. You two mothers get a hold of each other. Pastor Dawn, we're going to break the hold of the enemy. I'm making a declaration that the devil can't have your son. I'm making a de declaration that the devil has to take his hand off of your daughter. I'm declaring right now that the devil doesn't get the last word with your grandchildren. I'm declaring freedom in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, baby, pray. You got those hands lifted up, lifting up that child to the Lord this morning. And Father God, we just lift up our hands to you, God, and we give our sons and our daughters over to you. Lord, this morning, you know where they are. You know what they're involved in. You know where their heart is. You know where their mind is. Lord God, you're the one who turns the hearts 
of people. You turn them towards you. And that's what we're asking today, Lord, that all these that are away from you, that you begin to turn their heart to you, God. We're, that's what we're praying is a turnaround season. Even as Pastor just talked about in his life, God, we pray that over our sons and our daughters in this place today. Lord God, I pray that your presence would be near to every mother, every father, Lord God, that is brokenhearted. Your word says that you are near to the brokenhearted. So we know as we lift those hearts to you, God, over our children, you are very present help in a time of trouble. I thank you for your peace over every mother and every father today. Lord God, as we give these children to you, we claim your word. You said, Lord, that if we would train up our children in the way they should go, they will not depart from it. So we claim them for the kingdom of God. We claim them. We claim their purpose in you. We declare it is intact and no weapon formed against them can be able to prosper. We claim household salvation. We declare our children will serve you, but not just serve you. They will serve you with all their heart, soul, mind, <laughs> and body. We declare they are the temple of the Holy Spirit. They will rise up and praise the name of the yes. Lord with their life and with their testimony. Lord God, we claim them for you and we thank you for doing it in Jesus' Somebody name. Somebody give the Lord a Hallelujah. I feel this in my spirit. Sing this, John. My praise is a weapon. This is Jessica McCoy with Calvary Christian Center. Thank you so much for listening. We pray that this message encourages and inspires you to be everything God has created you to be. We hope you enjoyed this message.